Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Education Minister Stephen Lecce talking about upcoming uh, uh, e-learning, which will start, uh, I guess, uh, Monday and moving forward uh, until we know exactly where we are with COVID-19. Again, hoping to get the kids back in school before the end of the year, but... Boy, to be realistic, I'm not sure we're even going to see that happen. Let's bring in Annie Kidder, People for Education. She is with us now. Annie, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. No problem. Uh, your thoughts, Annie, on where the kids are now? <laughs> well, you know, they're just as confused as all the grown-ups are, I think. And I, I do think that's, you know, the first thing we all have to remember. We're, we're in a situation none of us has ever been in before. And that, yeah. that some of that situation is causing us anxiety or various sort of moments of, you know, who am I? What is existence? Why am I alive? What is my purpose? Because it really freaks you out, to be honest, mm-hmm. that we're, we're in this pandemic. Um, and then so there's that going on. And then all of us are trying to, you know, add some kind of normalcy to this time that is very abnormal. And part of it, rightly, from the you know the provincial government, is to how do we how do we deal with the fact that two million kids aren't in school? I mean, eighty percent of the kids in the whole wide world now aren't in school because of this pandemic. Um, I'm not sure. I, you know, I listened with you to that interview. I, I, I worry about saying things like "you don't use it, you lose it." That's really there's not evidence of that really. So we have to watch that. We're not really getting caught up and, you know, it's, 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 you know, incredibly urgent that we have to be doing something right now. We have to get everybody online, you know, doing math sheets, um, because I don't think uh, that that's necessarily true. I also would question that some jurisdictions are just closed up shop all across Canada. Provincial governments are working on trying to figure out a way um, to to provide what what isn't e-learning, but is learning, you know, distance learning, people are calling it. So how mm. how can we support kids and families to have some kind of ongoing learning that's teacher-led, um, that never can replace schools because schools are full of, you know, your friends, for one thing, um, and mm. relationships and face-to-face interactions. But how can we support kids so that they're they're not just playing video games or, you know, wailing on their sisters and brothers. And I, I think that that part, and I think that everybody is doing, you know, as best they can right now to try to try and do that. But we do have to, um, we, we have to make sure we just keep remembering that the, the world is not the same and that learning can take a lot of different forms and that fam- every single family is different in terms of its capacity to uh, deal with support encourage uh, their children uh, to be learning. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, The minister, uh, Lecce, said that uh, obviously they're trying to save the year at this stage of the game. Is that a good idea? Or like other jurisdictions, as you mentioned, or other provinces, they're just shutting it down. I mean, is it since we're, uh, you know, pretty much almost through the year, certainly Mm -hmm. two thirds, three quarters of the way through. Is it is it a good idea to try to push it over the finish line or just let it go? But no provinces are shutting it down. But lots of provinces are saying nobody's going back to school uh, this year. Uh, but they're, they're not shutting it down at all. I mean, Alberta announced earlier than anybody, I think, the indefinite closure of schools. 
but they have like huge programs that have gone up. So it's not that I don't think losing the year also is is a, a sort of correct way of nobody. No child is going to lose this whole year of learning because they missed the last three months of school. Um, and there's there's no that that's not going to happen. Um, but I I do sadly depressingly think the likelihood of anybody going back to school in May is very very low yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but you know that so what what everybody's trying to figure out is you know how can we make sure that kids are still a- able to interact with their teachers that there's stuff for them to do um, to help them keep on thinking and, you know, uh, and learning in various ways. So I think I, you know, I, I can't begin to guess at the different strategies of going, we're just going to do this kind of month by month. Um, but, but it's, but it's not correct to say that any other provinces have just given up on the year. They, they really haven't, but they've said there's no way schools are going to open again until next fall. Ugh, and off. you're, <laughs> and she, some have said that, you know, just leave it the way it is and push the grades through that the kids have at this point, um, either giving them a pass or a fail. Uh, the government has decided to keep going with, you know, with work and, and things that will be graded and then report cards at the end of the year. Uh, what about that approach? Should it be that or just, you know, push everybody through with what they already have? Well, where they I work? think even then, like even in the other, even the provinces where they're going to just pass fail, it's not because they're just going, OK, everybody just go play outside. They still have big learning expectations. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not yeah. denying that. Annie. Yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing yeah. with that 100 no, no, no. <laughs> percent. So I think I think the worry in the grades and the report cards part goes back to all families, different capacities. So and it's also a kind of funny the minister has said you know this is a way he wants kids to take this seriously or one of some of his words and that students need to take responsibility as if they won't if there aren't marks and i think that i mean even universities have been dealing with this too and a number of universities not the one that my child goes to have gone to pass fail as well because they understand that everybody's in a different situation so i do worry about the grades because you know, let's take two extremes of a situation. You've got, you know, a family with one child, you know, living in a house with three computers and the parents working from home in quotation marks, but they are executives and they have lots of time and they've gone to university um, and they have lots of time to support their child and make sure that his or her marks are fabulous in all the subjects. You have another and they're not freaked out. They have lots of money, so they're not worried about not having a job or being able to buy groceries. You have another family where there's four kids at home. Uh, they're in a you know two-bedroom apartment. They have one computer among all of them. They have lost their jobs. You know, you know what I mean? Or maybe they're newcomers yeah. and their English is not that good. Not to say that makes anybody do better or worse. But then, you know, the idea of marks becomes really uh, kind of strange in a way um, and not really that helpful. And I don't, and I, it's funny because I think this is the one area that I really do argue with the minister. I think he thinks it will make everybody take things more seriously if there are marks. I'm sure it was his experience at school, but I actually don't think that's, that there's evidence that that's true and that it's much more important that we're trying to think about um, all the different ways that kids can be learning than whether or not they're, they're, they're going to get marks and have their, you can assess assignments without marks. 
you can write notes about it back and forth. You can have kids. Why is this such a big? Why is this such a big issue, Addie? Like you know, with all due respect, whenever I've talked to anybody in the education industry, I hear absolutely nothing positive about this. I hear nothing positive about how it's being implemented. Nothing positive about how the kids are going to do moving through it. Is what is the perfect scenario here in this crisis? What is the perfect scenario? There are a lot of positive things that are happening to me. It's just the marks part that is the. I think, um, I think the government's done an amazing job um, in an incredibly stressful time. I'm really, really happy that the minister has. You know, he's got a whole kind of command table or working table with directors with all the teachers at it. I think everybody, you know, school boards are reaching out to all the students or their families to figure out what do you need, you know, in order to be able to do this. I think actually there's tons of wonderful stuff in here, like really, really, truly. To me, that you know, the only real part that I would go, eh, is is the marks part, because I'm not Mm. sure why that's necessary. No, I think, and I think there, I hope that, I mean, and, you know, the teachers' federations are writing about it too on from what I'm reading online, and going, they're at the table helping work this out. Teachers want to be teaching. So, you know, I think what happens is you end up with, you know, lots of cranky people have (laughs) very loud voices. Well, I've noticed this even with, I've noticed even with my kids, like I've got a a child in elementary and a child Mm -hmm. in secondary school. Some teachers are being incredible about this and going Mm -hmm. way over and above and other teachers aren't doing anything. They're waiting for directives from the union. And, uh, you know, it it just, and where I'm going with this, Annie, and you know where I'm coming, uh, where I'm going to go with Uh this, is that how ironic is this that e-learning was such a sticking point that there was absolutely no way teachers unions wanted to even discuss this and now all of a sudden it's the savior it's it's the it's what's going to save the kids year how does this change how does this change how does this change how does this change e-learning and this discussion moving forward but because this isn't e-learning, this is a whole combination of ways to work with students from kindergarten to grade 12, not taking a class online at all. Um, but you're right. It is ironic. And it is, we have to make sure that this you know, doesn't drive us in a weird direction. I, I guess I my question is, why can't we get there with these discussions instead of it's either all or nothing? I mean, let's be honest here. We're going to learn from this. This is oh, going totally. to change. This is going to change behavior moving forward. How do we bring these two sides together and talk about what is good and, and, and what is progress for the students? Because we always hear technology very much outpaces society. Well, now what's happened is society has just caught up with technology Mm -hmm. and I really get the feeling that within the teachers unions there isn't the appetite to even have this discussion whether it's e-learning whether it's it's you know learning with the class and what we're going to be doing now I I mean I I guess the point that I'm making here is this isn't black and white this is the future moving forward why are we not embracing this more but I I actually think there you know some of the objections to I think you're right. Like I do act, you know, we're just, we were going to be releasing a whole report on technology on Monday. We're not now. Um, But that, that it is really important. It's nothing in education is black and white or, you know, good or bad or any of those things. Um, Even though we always have a desire for that. And I think that learning, using technology for learning, building in ways where kids are learning online for, you know, part of a subject or integrated into their learning is incredibly important. Um, It is important that, uh, you know, I think that one of the, you know, 
they, there were very, I'm not going to talk for the teachers unions. The, the, the concerns about e-learning were it was being implemented incredibly fast. It was going to be mandatory for four subjects. I think that it would have been more effective to go, this is why we're doing this. This is the most exciting thing in the world. We're going to run five pilots. You're going to really wish your kid was in one. Um, and we're going to make it so popular that everybody will enroll. Because right now there is e-learning and no, you know, 6%. Yeah, my daughter's doing a course right now in grade yeah, 12. That's great. And, but very few are. 6% of kids on average per school are in e-learning. So how do we make it more popular? That's one part. But I also think that, I, so I think you're right. And I hope there are people in the ministry right now going, we're going to evaluate the hell out of how this works for the next few months. because, And we're going to learn from it. And we're going to understand all the different ways that we can embed um, learning from a distance, learning online, how you can collaborate, all sorts of things. Uh, yeah, I hope that that is what's happening. I just want to respond to you, to your waiting for for directors from their union. I, teachers are waiting to, teachers are on salary and at work right now. So they're waiting for their school board directors to, you know, have a very, very clear plan about what they what they have to do and school board directors are in the same position right because they're going to they can tell teachers what they have to do but we all me too i'm the boss of an organization with staff it's like i also have to figure out how to work around the people who are parents whose children are yeah. home whose learning sure. they're supposed to be supporting so there's a bunch of kind of fluid things there and i'm sure you know teachers are all different some of them have been you know reached out very very quickly some are slower but on monday it, they are, you know, it's going to be, it's happening starting on Monday. Um, this learning, there's a, you know, there's expectations set for how many hours a week. Um, you know, do you think I it should be more? Do you think it should be more, Annie? Because I've heard some people say that, gee, only an hour uh, a day. I mean, should it be more or less? I, I don't know. Like, I think it was interesting that they, uh, you know, I think it, it reads a little bit like a minimum, um, I, but on the other hand, if they'd made it more, like, how do you deal? Like, I feel so yeah. lucky. I don't have small children at home. Um, because how do you do that if you're trying to do your job at the same time mm-hmm. and you're all in the house and, and, and the kid is in grade one, you know, or how do you do play-based learning in kindergarten online? And I, they're doing it. Like I'm, our research director has a kid in kindergarten. The teacher's already reached out to her, the kid. Um, mm. but it's, you know, I think it's like everybody being a little bit patient, figuring out that remembering this is going to definitely going to hit lots of bumps as we go along. I loved the minister saying yesterday, if people don't have the internet and they can't, we can't get all of them, we're going to send bus drivers to their doors with, Mm. you know, learning materials. So I think, you know, everybody's really trying here. Um, And school boards are doing an incredible, like, they are literally getting in touch with every single family to figure out what they need. And they really are. And, you know, that's amazing, too. So, Last you know, question. Yeah. How, how do you think this is going to change learning moving forward when we come Ooh, out the other end of this? That, it, to- well, a, that's a great question. <laughs> and I don't know the answer, but I think I hope it will, because I think back to your point about, you know, the black and whiteness of, you know, people talking about online learning. I hope that there are lots of researchers looking at this, thinking about it, understanding it, because. We can't, and you're really right. I mean, we're working on a big, huge, you know, working on the future of public education and going, the world is changing very, very fast. And our schools need to not only keep out, but be out ahead of that. It's not just technology. It's a lot of things. But I hope that this partly does help to change learning. Uh, You know, technology has already changed learning. Um, But I also hope 
that we don't go, you know, I mean, my other small sort of worry about this, it's very much focused on the kind of a little bit back to basics. How do we do the three R's that we remember right. that there's a lot more learn I'm involved in learning than that. But yeah, we are, we can learn a lot from this. Annie Kidder has been with us, People for Education. Annie, as always, thank you so much for the time. Thanks much appreciated, and you be well. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.